Girlfriends, episode number 126, What Not to Do on Social Media. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we're diving into social media and the best ways not to use it. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends, how are you? Welcome to another show. Welcome to another week. Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. I'm so glad you have chosen to spend this time with me. Thanks for being here. So connecting for another week, what's going on with you? This is a crazy time of year. Those of you who have kids in school, even those of you who don't have kids in school, seems like there's all the end of the year things happening. It's been a little crazy. And um, my daughter, Juliet, is graduating high school this year. We're really excited, looking forward to that. She's going to be one of the speakers at graduation. So she's working on her speech and preparing for that. And I'm just having memories of my son, Ambrose, who spoke at his graduation a couple of years ago and how special that was. So I'm really looking forward to this with Juliet. But in the meantime, we've got all these like awards things and sports are ending and there's like a big, you know, a big event for every single event that every single activity that's winding down. But you know the drill. You know this can be a crazy time of year. And my two boys who are homeschooled are just champing at the bit because they want summer to start, and I'm not ready to do that yet. They're not ready. They're not done. So continuing to be the bad mom there <laughs> and push through, but getting a little relaxed about some of their subjects. So busy time of year, and I've been busy with work as well. So between all of the different things, this is my advice to all of you who might be feeling similarly stressed and overscheduled these days is take a breath. Take a breath. It's okay. It's going to be okay. Take a breath and then do the next thing. That's really what I've been telling myself. That's my advice to myself these past few weeks have, that have been crazy. And it's just going to keep getting crazy through um, pretty much for the next couple of weeks anyway. Um, just take a breath and then do the next thing. And that's all you can do. And give yourself permission to do just that. Because sometimes what I find overwhelming and emotionally exhausting is the running list that I have in my head. Like I don't even allow myself to focus on what I'm doing intentionally um, because I've got all these other things in my mind like, oh, I need to be doing this. I don't want to forget that. And, you know, make as many lists as you need to write stuff down. So you're, you're keeping track of things, but then take a breath and just do the next thing and focus on it and give yourself peace inside of that important to do for your physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being, especially during busy times of year. One thing that has not helped the busyness is my dryer broke. I don't know what's wrong with it. And um, it just, it won't even run. And so Dan, who's also enjoying the busyness of this season, hasn't had a chance to even look at it yet to see if it's going to be a big problem and we need to replace it or what's going on there. And I love my dryer. I have, um, Whirlpool Duet washer and dryer and, oh, probably about 12 years we've had them. And let me tell you, these things see a lot of action. <laughs> so, um, I think, it might be time to replace it. But in the meantime, I had my boys put up some clotheslines for me and I've been hanging clothes outside to dry. And you know what? 
it's been a long time since I hung anything except like pool towels outside to dry. And I actually love it. It's kind of crazy. I really love it. I love having a clothesline. I love drying clothes outdoors. There's something very peaceful about that process to me and very connecting, even very spiritual that it's doing work for my family and I'm outdoors in nature. And I don't know, I, I definitely intend to keep my clothesline even once my dryer situation is resolved. But if you have a clothesline and you love it, Tell me I'm not a, a laundry nerd to, or or join me in my laundry nerdiness. And, you know, I have such good memories of like when the kids were little, there was a, a while there where I did cloth diapers and I would hang them on the line. And there was such satisfaction in that. I don't know. I really just it's total nerdiness, I guess. Mother nerdiness, how I loved hanging diapers on the line. And, and now I just love hanging the clothes on the line. Today's a little bit of a drizzly day, so not the best for it. But um, anyway, a little bit of an adventure. And we're making use of our local laundromat as well while we're getting through. You know what? I don't know. I, I can't be the only one who feels like I never have all of my appliances working at the same time. It's like a cycle. And if I'm lucky, it's only one that's not working at a time. Um, so I don't know. I'm trying to not not be ungrateful for the things that I have and just focus on the positive things going on, uh, you know, when it comes to things like my appliances going on the fritz. I know we're really blessed to even have these things in the first place and take them for granted the way that we do. So um, trying not to wallow in any self-pity about these situations and just kind of do that next thing. And sometimes that next thing is hanging clothes out on the line. I want to give a shout out to the Catholic MomCast, which is the podcast that I do every week with Lisa Hendy. And um, I've really been enjoying it. I've been enjoying my conversations with Lisa. We've got one um, coming out soon about body image. We just recorded a discussion about that. And I just love Lisa Hendy and her wisdom and her perspective from her life experience is so encouraging to me. And I know you're going to find that too. So if you haven't already, check out the podcast from Catholic Mom called the Catholic MomCast Conversations about Faith, Family, and Fun. And that's uh, hosted by me and Lisa Hendy each week. Sometimes we have an interview with somebody or sometimes we just chat and we have conversations. So if you haven't already checked that out, I hope that you will. And I hope you'll consider giving it an iTunes review. It's really um, helpful at the launch of a podcast to get those reviews in. It really helps get the word out and uh, grow your audience with a new podcast. So thanks for considering doing that. All right, moving on to this week's topic. I thought I'd talk about social media because, you know, I kind of go through phases with social media and which ones I'm using and how much I'm consuming content on them. But I just recently heard a study, I think it was on a podcast, that said that people um, who use a lot of social media in their day and watch a lot of television in their day are much more likely to report being stressed and to report feeling like they don't have enough time. And that really made me think because, I mean, how are we using our time? I mean, if you're watching television for hours, I mean, how? of course, you're not going to feel like you have enough time for other things. It's such a time suck. And really, social media can be that same thing. And, you know, we're, we're called to be good stewards of our time and our efforts and our energy and where we're focusing our attention. And so it's important to kind of every once in a while, just pause and reassess. And if it's been a while for you, um, I just want to encourage you today to kind of do a reassessment of how you're spending your time online, what social media you're using, how you're using it. It's important to be discerning about these things because it really can influence how happy we are, especially inside of our vocations as moms. 
And this has also been on my mind because I recently made a conscious decision to unfollow certain people on Instagram. Now, don't go check your Instagram account to see if I unfollowed you. <laughs> um, but there were no, there were a few people in particular that I'm sure, you know, they have huge followings and I'm sure they don't even care if I follow them or not, that I deliberately chose to unfollow because it was upsetting to me. The stuff they were posting, and I don't mean like it was inappropriate or anything, but it was um, tempting me toward jealousy, competition, um, feelings of dissatisfaction in my own life. Um, you know, when you're having those kinds of uh, feelings from what you're consuming on social media, that's a good time to reassess what's going on there. And like, why are you following this person? So um, that's going to be one of the things that we talk about here. But I want to talk about what not to do on social media. So I spent a little time thinking about this. And the first thing that came to mind was something called a hate follow. Now, have you heard this phrase? I recently stumbled across it and I was like, oh my gosh, that is totally a thing. That following people that you dislike, that you actively dislike, or that their their content is disturbing to you in whatever way, and you continue to follow them, like either to laugh at them or hate them more or roll your eyes about them or share what they're sharing with other people and make fun of it, or any of the above, all these negative things, right? Who do you follow like that? Who's on your list? Like if you're on Instagram, go through your feed and see who might fit that description. Are you hate following anybody? Because that's a really bad thing. That's a really bad influence. And I'm not immune to it. I know I have fallen prey to this before where all of a sudden I'll be like, why do I care what this person is saying? Like <laughs> it's not relevant to me and it's just upsetting to me. Um, get rid of it. Don't hate follow anybody. Because it's you don't need that in your life. And it's really an occasion of sin because, you're, you know, if you're hate following somebody to make fun of them, I mean, of course, that's terrible. Right. Or if you're hate following someone to like think what a loser they are or to feel better about your own life because, oh, I'm not like that bad person over there. Like that's a real problem. You know, um, get that stuff out of your life because, you know, the stuff you see on social media, images and words and ideas and thoughts and all of these things. They influence you. You go back to your life after you put your phone down and you have been changed by that. It influences what you're thinking about. It influences your perspective about what you're doing. And do you think God wants you to be focused on things that are making you feel like that, making you feel anxious or making you feel hateful or making you feel jealous? Don't hate follow anybody. So I want to challenge you. Go through your, your Facebook list. You know, you can unfollow people on Facebook. And I have done this. You don't have to unfriend them because sometimes that can be awkward. Um, you know, someone will, will come to you and this has happened to me before. Oh my goodness. There, <laughs> there was this one person that I didn't think was a good influence for me. And I did unfriend this person and I thought she wouldn't notice, but she did. And it turned into a big thing. So if you want to avoid that and you don't want to hurt anybody's feelings or cause a big scene or have to explain yourself, you can unfollow on, you on Facebook. Facebook. You can mute people on Twitter. I'm not sure of the options on Instagram, but maybe somebody will let me know. Um, you know, they all work differently, but there are options like that where it doesn't have to be a big dramatic thing and just quietly remove that negative influence from your life. That's how it has to be sometimes. And um, you'll be glad that you made that decision. Like I said, you know, I recently made the decision to unfollow certain people and it was so 
relieving to me. And I didn't realize I was I was doing this dumb thing to myself, you know, prior to making that choice. But I think because, you know, we're always kind of evolving and changing in how we're using social media and the people that we follow, you know, we might just click to follow somebody and not really think about it or um, it, and then it becomes a negative thing in our life. Well, you don't need to do that. Or you might be receiving an email, you know, from a group or a person or an organization that isn't good for you. You know, you can remove that. So, you know, don't hate follow people. Don't allow that kind of negative influence in your life and that kind of occasion of sin. Make social media a positive experience for you if you're going to be doing it. Okay, so that's what not to do. Don't hate follow, okay? Second one is the most obvious one in the world, and we talk about it a lot, but I think we need to continue to talk about it and remind each other, don't compare yourself. If you're on social media to compare yourself to other people, you're going to come away miserable every single time because you're never going to get your cake to come out like that. And your kids are never going to be dressed like that. And your house is never going to look like that. But, you know, I, I just find it really refreshing to recall that um, my sister, who's a great photographer, she one time was over my house and I she wanted to take some pictures of kids or something like that. And uh, I, I am not a photographer at all. So I'm not familiar with how you come away with these great shots. And I was, you know, my sister always had beautiful photos of her kids and pets and whatnot. And so she was doing some at my house and I observed her doing this for a good long while. This was a project, this taking of photos of kids just playing or whatever. Um, first of all, she like, cleared the entire background of clutter, you know, just like cleared off the kitchen countertops or whatever was going to be in the background so that, you know, this one focal point of where she was pointing with her camera would look clean and clear and clutter free. Well, that was a lie, you know, right there. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. But, um, you know, so she did that. And then besides that, she took like 700 photos and then came away with like 10 photos that she liked and she was sharing. Well, how many people on the social media that you follow are doing that? Really super filtering and editing their lives. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's actually very nice. And it, it can be a great talent that people have for, um, you know, beauty, for creating beauty and uh, capturing beautiful moments. But know what goes into it, you know, like you can't just take a snapshot of your house on a random afternoon and then compare it to what some blogger or Instagram person or Pinterest person has shared with the world. Like it's been filtered and it's been edited. And even on a less professional level, down to like personal level, people are filtering and editing their lives on social media all the time. I mean, we and it's fine. We do this. We want to share the positive things. We want to share the highlights, right? So our social media is going to be like a highlight reel of the good things going on. You're not going to share, you know, that nasty argument you got in with your teenage son as he was walking out the door this morning. Probably not. You're probably not going to take a little snapshot and make it look all pretty, right? So we're not we're not sharing those tougher moments, but then uh, the the risk is that it looks like all it is is happy, shiny hearts and flowers for other people if you give in to that temptation to compare yourself, right? So comparison's the thief of joy. I don't know who said that. I heard it I heard it attributed to like Teddy Roosevelt recently. And I was like, I don't think that's right. But <laughs> if you know who said that, let me know. But it's absolutely true. You can't allow comparison to steal the joy that God means to for you to have in your life. And if social media is creating that temptation for 
for you, you don't need it. Get rid of it. I have had so many pep talks with girlfriends of mine, and I need them from time to time, where they will text me something like, did you see what this person shared? And Or I was reading this, and it made me feel like this. And I, I need to remind them and remind myself all the time, you don't have to be there. You don't have to be consuming that. You're going to feel better if you remove that from your life. You don't have to be taking that in if it's a negative influence for you. And yet, you know, on the flip side, sometimes it's very encouraging. Back in the early days of blogging, I know I really appreciated the opportunity to kind of peek in some people's windows and see what their daily living was like. And Instagram for sure is a form of that. And Instagram stories can be a form of that. You kind of get a little clip of their day, right? And and that can be very encouraging and it can be... Um, very optimistic and it can be very fruitful for you if you get ideas, if you feel inspired, if you feel encouraged, if you feel empowered to go and do similar things in your own life or or even just, you know, encouraged and uh, inspired to go back to your own different life because, you know, other people are out there doing all kinds of great things in all kinds of different ways. So it's absolutely possible to be encouraged by it. So I'm not saying it's all bad, but you're the best judge of how it's influencing you. You're the best judge of knowing, is this a positive influence in my life or a negative one? And if it's a negative one, I can't say it strongly enough. Get rid of it. You don't need it. It's hurting you. It's so, you know, that's from darkness, that temptation to compare yourself. That's the evil one who is hoping to distract you from the good things, the amazing things that God wants you to accomplish in your life, in your home, in your work, in your family life. Don't fall prey to that. Don't give in to that. Don't give in to that temptation. And and that's why it's important to reassess because we fall into habits and sometimes they're bad habits inside of how we use social media. All right, the next thing I want to say is what not to do on social media. Don't believe it all. Okay, this is related to the last one with comparison, right? That it's it's a cultivated experience, and especially with like celebrities and stuff. I used to follow a number of celebrities on Instagram. I still follow some. I think it's kind of fun. One person that I follow that I really enjoy following is Serena Williams um, because she shares fashion and she shares like photos of her like super fit body in different ways. But I think she's very much a realist, realistic person and very down to earth in what she shares. And she has an adorable baby and a husband who's madly in love with her. I, I love I love that. But then there are certain celebrities that it's absolutely, you know, a, a train wreck if you're going to follow them and actually believe it all, believe, you know, the image that they're putting out there, which is often photoshopped like you know, I recently saw this news item that was like this big scandal. Kim Kardashian uh, shared an Instagram photo that was later proven to be photoshopped. And I was like, well, what the heck? I assume absolutely 100% of it is photoshopped. How is this a scandal that this one photo was discovered to be photoshopped? Um, you know, like, assume that. Don't believe it all. And for those, some of those outrageous accounts and um, the ones that like show absolute perfection in all things, don't believe it. And, um, you know, sometimes people are posting, even non-celebrities are, are posting, you know, for their own glorification. And, and you don't want to be a part of that. You know, if they're, they're really all about them and their perfection and sharing absolutely everything that's wonderful and perfect about their life, that, that can be really a negative influence for you. And don't, don't fall prey to it. Like I said, unfollow. But if you're going to be following people like that, 
don't believe it all. Take it with a grain of salt. Maybe somebody shares these awesome recipes and you're kind of encouraged by that and you you like it and it's like fun to see the photos and all of that. But then don't believe that every single thing they cook or bake or whatever always comes out perfect. You know, maybe somebody really shares cute photos of their little kids playing together and, um, you know, in her beautiful, clean home. And don't believe it's always like that. And, and you know, that really is what Satan wants us to believe. That's what Satan wants us to believe is that everybody else has it all together. Everybody else is happy and perfect. And we're the only screw ups. Well, we're all screw-ups, and it's important to recognize that. And sometimes you'll be surprised, and I know I sometimes have to remind myself of times in my past where I've been surprised by people that I formerly was tempted to be envious of, perhaps, finding out something that I never would have guessed that they were struggling with, that they were dealing with, that they were going through, that they weren't sharing, and you know, probably for really good reasons, but I didn't know that. And so you never know another person's complete story, especially if you, all you know is what they're sharing online. And so don't believe it all. Okay. Recognize that this is a um, edited experience that you're having on social media. All right. Next thing to not do on social media. And this is another one of those words that was trendy a few years back. Don't overshare. Okay. I know. And this is about your own sharing on social media. Um, you know, I think that we all have different levels of comfort for how much we're going to personally share online. We all have different standards for what we'll share about our kids. But I want to say, especially with your kids and especially with your marriage, really, I, I want to encourage people to err on the side of sharing less because I have been really uncomfortable sometimes upon hearing things that women are sharing about even their older kids, stuff that their kids are going through um, that's really not anybody's business. And it can be very awkward and painful for that child or um, sharing about their marriage in a way that can be very destructive and a violation of privacy. So, you know, be careful about that, because I think sometimes we can... Um, we could fall into a bad habit of like, oh, this is cute and it's funny, you know, maybe sharing like that about your kids, um, but then not really considering that they're not props in your life. And I've struggled with this myself. I haven't been perfect about this. The, your kids are not your props, right? They're, they're unique individuals and you need to probably ask them permission uh, before you share certain things, like my son Rafe right now, um, a lot of my kids don't mind if I post them on Instagram or whatever. Some of them really like it. Uh, but my son Rafe right now doesn't want anything to do with it. He does not want his face on there. And I recently wanted to share a photo of him um, with a, a funny moment um, when he was looking at a propane fireplace. I think I mentioned that story here on the podcast. Anyway, and he said it was fine. I could take his picture, but I couldn't put his face in it. And so I did. You know, who cares? You know, but I think have those conversations with your kids. If you're sharing them and or their friends on social media, check in with them about what they're comfortable with and know that sometimes younger kids don't have a clue about, you know, something that's getting shared that maybe is going to be there when, you know, they're 25 years old and someone's Googling their name, it might come up and it might be embarrassing to them at that point. They, they don't have that kind of long-term viewpoint and they can't really be discerning about that. So be fair to them in that way. I've seen even on, you know, some some accounts from Catholic women that I admire in a lot of ways, things that make me uncomfortable, 
that make me think, oh my gosh, that kid is not going to be pleased, you know, three years from now even, that that is out there in that way. So be sure that you're being respectful of other people in your life and that you're not sharing things that might be making them uncomfortable even in the future. So, you know, be considerate about that. So don't overshare. Um, one other thing, the last one about what not to do on social media, and this only applies if you have kids, is don't skip it all. Don't say you, you can't figure it out. And so just forget it. Um, it's, I don't think we all need to be like experts in social media. I know it's scary for those of us who have kids who are using different forms of social media and they're always changing and there's always these scary stories about what's going on with Snapchat or on Instagram and things that kids can have access to. Well, don't be ignorant. Don't be deliberately ignorant about it out of fears because sometimes I think that's what we're tempted to do is kind of stick our heads in the sand because... Oh, there's nothing we can do, you know? Um, well, there's plenty you can do. And even just learning a little bit can be very helpful. Um, I'm not perfect at all of social media. and in, in fact, Snapchat is one of those things that I do not understand it. I think I've talked about that here before where I can't, I even tried. I tried having a Snapchat account for a brief period of time. Cannot do it. Actually, I don't know if it still exists out there. <laughs> um, I, I, can't, I, my brain doesn't function that way. It's not designed for me. I don't know. I, it, it was just very not user friendly to me, and it, and it became a stressor for me. So I stopped even attempting. But if you have kids on Snapchat, you need to be aware of at least some of the basic things that they might have access to through that, and who they're communicating through that. Just. Don't don't err on the side of ignorance out of fear, really, is what I'm trying to say here. And if you feel completely clueless and helpless about it, find someone who isn't. Find a friend who is comfortable with that form of media, or this is really ideal, a, a child who's a little older than your child who might have access to and have a comfort level with that particular app or something to figure out what it's about. Have them give you a brief tutorial. It doesn't mean you have to become a Snapchat expert, but learning a little bit about how it works and not being ignorant about the ways your children might be using them is super important. Um, it's really a big part of a responsibility we have as parents today that parents in previous generations didn't have. For sure, they needed to be monitoring our activities and connections in a lot of ways, but it was never the exponential forces that the internet are. So it's a big job. And, um, you know, put your trust in God and, and pray for your kids, but then don't leave it at that. Don't, don't skip all of social media. I don't think any parent today can really afford to do that. All right. So those are my things. Those are my what not to do on social media. First, don't hate follow. Don't compare. Don't believe it all. Don't overshare. And then finally, don't be tempted to just skip it all out of frustration and annoyance. <laughs> Although I do get it. I understand. But maybe you have ideas for how to use and how to not use social media. What kind of rules do you have for yourself on social media? I think it would be fun to hear your perspective in the ways that you use it or abuse it and how you correct yourself on social media. You can send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can send me a voicemail to that same email address, or you can always connect with me on Voxer. The link to connect on Voxer is in the show notes or connect with me on social media. I would love to hear your perspective on how to use and not use social media. 
I want to take a moment to thank Ascension for partnering with me to bring you the Girlfriends podcast each week. If you go to ascensionpress.com, you'll find lots of great free resources, free media podcasts and video content that's going to enhance and enrich and encourage you in your faith life, as well as every other member of your family. So check out the free resources there. And then also check out the different kinds of studies that they have available for you to do in your home, in your women's group, at your parish. So many different options there. You can see it all at ascensionpress.com. I also want to mention my upcoming Your Worth It retreat, which is going to be taking place in Concord, New Hampshire. If you are in the area, if you live anywhere nearby, would love to meet you on that day. It's going to be Saturday, June 23rd. I'll have the link in the show notes for more information about that Your Worth It retreat. Or if you're interested in learning more about my You're Worth It retreat, which is a day retreat that I've designed especially for women to learn more about God's unique love for women, women to grow in their relationship with Jesus through the gospel stories and the women that Jesus interacted with in the gospel stories. It's a beautiful, encouraging, inspiring day. I love to share it with women from all different backgrounds, all different walks of life. So if you're interested in finding out more about bringing the You're Worth It retreat to your parish or your community, you can find more information and a link to connect with me and get um, lots more information about the retreat at daniellebean.com forward slash retreat. Okay, I have a little bit of listener feedback from a listener Sue, who emailed me the following. Dear Danielle, what on earth do you do about the laundry? I think you mentioned having a system, but now I can't find the episode where you did, and I am drowning in laundry. I have five kids, ages four to 15, and between sports and dance and my husband's work clothes, I feel like I am losing my mind in a pile of laundry. Please help from Sue. Okay. <laughs> I like this. I like the I like the desperation that I'm hearing because we've all been there, Sue. I love it. Um so yeah, so appropriate to share this on the podcast where I was just talking about my clothes dryer uh, being broken and uh hanging clothing out on the line. Um okay, so I do have a system and uh, I'll be glad to share it, but also I I want to start with my number one thing about laundry. And this is something I learned years ago, and I've shared it with women ever since because it's so important. Just do it. <laughs> that's my big advice. Just do it and do it every day. That's that's one thing that some women can't believe. Like if you have, I mean, you've got five kids, so you definitely need to be doing some laundry every day, even if it's just a load of towels or some sheets or whatever. Um, in, don't let it get overwhelming. Don't let it get to the point where you're completely drowning and overwhelmed. And I found that during times in my life where the laundry truly was overwhelming, it was because I was avoiding it because I didn't think I should have to be doing it every day, perhaps, or um, I was putting it off and skipping it. And to the point where all of a sudden it's this giant mountain of laundry that I have to deal with. And we all have times in our life where that happens, right? So that's okay. Those are, you know, busy seasons in your life and it might end up that way. But on a regular basis, don't let it get to that point. And really what it takes to not get to that point is just do it. You have to be doing it every single day, but it doesn't have to be you. 
that's the good news. And so that brings us to my system. This is something that was like a revolution for me. And I, I mean, guess it's been over a year now. I can't remember when I first shared about trying this um, in my the way I was handling laundry at home. But what I used to do was we would have two major clothes hampers for the family, one upstairs and one downstairs. And everybody would put their dirty clothes in these hampers. And then I would go through, wash the clothing, and then fold, dry it, fold it, and then bring it back, like put it back into drawers and closets and whatever. And of course, I would enlist some help sometimes with that, but largely it was my job. And I found it was so overwhelming, especially like I didn't have a problem getting the laundry washed and dried. I had a problem with the folding and putting away. And I realized it was a huge job because I was sorting because everybody's stuff was all mixed in together for the most part. And I was spending so much of that time like sorting through the laundry. And um, I kind of had a epiphany moment and maybe other people have always done it this way, but there was a point there where my husband got irritated because he felt like he was always losing his clothing in the laundry because it was such a gigantic <laughs> pile of stuff. Um, and he always felt like, okay, I'm going to put, you know, this favorite pair of socks in the laundry and they probably will never come back or whatever happened to that t-shirt that I love. And I haven't seen it in months and it's because I put it in the laundry and maybe it got put in someone else's drawer or whatever's going on there. So he got frustrated with that. So I started a system whereby I was washing um, his clothing separately. And, you know, oftentimes with my clothing, but sometimes just his. And what I realized as I did that was what an easy job it was to fold and put clothes away when it was all one person's. You just bring it to that person's room and it's, you know, super easy to do. So that was kind of a epiphany moment for me where I was like, oh, well, why, why would I just do it, you know, for his like that way? Why wouldn't I do everybody's separately? So, and why wouldn't I enlist their help with things, right? Um, in a more formal way. So I got everybody a laundry basket. At this point, all the kids were at home. It must've been summertime and wrote their names, in, you know, with a Sharpie on the laundry baskets. The boys got black baskets and the girls got white baskets and just wrote their names really clearly. So we'd always know whose clothing it was. And those were where they put their dirty clothes. So those were their their hampers. I got rid of the community hampers, except for the one in our downstairs bathroom where towels and socks sometimes end up. And everybody was told, this is your laundry hamper. This is where you put your dirty clothes. And when it's full, it's your job to wash it. Um, and this was great. It was great that they have the baskets because then they would bring their laundry, their dirty laundry downstairs and and wash it and dry it. And I always knew whose clothing was in there. That was the other thing that was driving me nuts previously was there's always someone's clothing in the washer. I wasn't sure whose it was. There was like this giant mess or there was nowhere to put it or, you know, someone might do their own laundry, but it would, you know, um, it would be getting in the way and there was nothing I could do about it. So if there's an empty laundry basket next to the washer and I need the washer and it has clothing in it, I will just move those clothes into the dryer. And when they're done, I'll put them in that kid's laundry basket and bring it back to their room. That part I don't mind being a part of. Um, so 
this has actually worked. I mean, there have been some glitches and we've had problems and sometimes everybody wants to do their laundry in the same moment and we have to work that out. But every family is capable of working that out. So I really recommend a similar thing for you, Sue. You've got kids that are a little bit older that are certainly capable of doing their own laundry. Even my kids who are super busy with school and sports, they have time in the evenings and time on the weekends. And it really is a great skill for them to learn. You might need to teach them. You might need to supervise them a little bit, especially in the beginning. But I'm at the point now where every Everybody does and can be trusted to do their own laundry all the way down to my youngest, who is, well, he's now 11. So he's very capable of doing that. But I find that it's been really freeing for me. So I'll do my laundry and Dan's laundry. Sometimes Dan will do his own laundry. And that's it besides towels and sheets, which are their own thing. But I don't mind that. That's much less burdensome than the giant piles that I used to have to sort through and that I never would. So it was just overwhelming and messy. Um, So that system has worked really great for me. And I've had some people ask, like, um, how do you get them to put the clothing away because, you know, like my boy would never like he would wash and dry his clothes and leave them in the basket. And you know what? The honest answer is I don't care. I don't care if they bring their clean clothes upstairs. And I know I have some children that do this because I've seen it. Um, If they want to just pick their clean clothes out of that basket throughout the week um, and wear them that way and toss their dirty clothes next to the basket until it's time to do laundry and they make a shift. I honestly don't care. I mean, I don't want their rooms to become a giant overwhelming mess. I don't want dirty laundry all over on the floors. But for the most part, it's been pretty well contained, pretty well controlled. They have plenty of space in especially the boys room for having the baskets. So that hasn't been an issue for me. Um, I don't care. If Danny doesn't put, uh, I just outed him just when I talked about oversharing. Um, (laughs) I don't care if he does, if he's not perfectly folding his clothes and putting them in dresser drawers. I I don't think that's a valuable thing for me. I I don't need to focus there and I'm okay with it. And, you know, he's got clean clothing to, to put on and he's largely responsible for making sure he gets his laundry done, gets that chore done when it needs to. And I'm proud of him for that. And I think it's good for him to be learning that skill. So um, the less involved I am in it, the less I need to be involved in it, the better I think. So those are my words of encouragement for you, Sue. That's my outline. I can't believe I just talked for that long about laundry. I totally believe it, though, (laughs) because it's a huge thing for us. My husband laughs at me sometimes when I talk about laundry with girlfriends or when I used to blog about laundry, I would blog about it because it was such an overwhelming thing in my life. So of course, I had to be talking about this. Um, So if you have laundry tips to share with Sue or you want to share something that's worked with you, I'd love to be able to share that with other listeners here at Girlfriends. So you can send me an email, Danielle at DanielleBean.com. Reach out on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on all the social media. Don't hate follow me. Don't unfollow me. (laughs) Connect with me there and tell me your laundry tips so that I can share them with Sue and others. And before we close today, I just wanted to give you a reminder um, that I am praying for you. I pray for the people who listen to this podcast. You are a part of the Girlfriends community. Even if all you ever do is listen, even if you don't ever send that precious feedback or leave an iTunes review or all those other things that I'm always begging you to do. 
you're a part of this community and you are a valuable part of it. And I want this podcast to serve you and your needs. So I pray for the opportunity to do that. But I also just pray for you that you'll be encouraged in your vocation as a wife, as a mom, as a worker, as a member of your church or as your or of your community. I, I pray for all of those blessings in your life. And I want to encourage you to pray for other people who are listening here to this podcast, because it truly is a community to me. And I feel like we are connected in a unique way through talking about these topics week after week, all the different things that we take on here. And I'm so touched that some of you do reach out to me with questions or looking for support. That is truly a privilege to me. I am honored to serve that role in any way that I possibly can. So I appreciate the ways in which you entrust me in, um, with your your deepest questions and your thoughts and your concerns. And some of them happen completely privately. Um, and some of them that we share here on the podcast, we have the opportunity to share with the larger community. So I'm so grateful for those opportunities as well. If there are ways that we can be praying for you or supporting you, don't hesitate to reach out. I'd love to be able to share a little note, some, some way that we can support and encourage you here as a girlfriend's community. And then thank you just for being here. I so appreciate your presence. It is so encouraging to me to know that you're listening to the things that I share here. So thank you for being a part of that. And thank you for all the ways you encourage and support me. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 